they were hyped up off of last year because they beat a 14 and 2 team in the playoffs and nobody really expected them to win okay great you know that's cool that's that's over and done with we gave you your props uh you come back this year and you're being extra disrespectful again well guess what you know you keep poking at the bear the paws are gonna come out you, you know what i'm saying like like what do you think was gonna happen man like you thought you was gonna keep beating us over and over and over and over again that is exactly that what they thought that that's exactly. the NFL, yo. That, that's that's not how the NFL works. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, you're gonna run into that team, and you know you're gonna take that L. And it happened in your home, and they stomped on your logo, and they walked off the field without shaking your hands, and you can't say a damn thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't say anything at all. So, you know, eat that. that, 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 that. It's the lunch break hot take with Jose and Rodney. Are you ready? Let's go. What's going on, lunch breakers and takers? This is another episode of the Lunch Break Hot Take. I am Jose. And this is Brodney. And the first round of the NFL playoffs is in the books. The Ravens get a little bit of revenge on the Tennessee Titans. The Browns get some revenge. They get to let out some pent-up frustration for about 20 years of, of frustration. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can call it revenge if it's on everybody. Yeah, well, no, it's mainly the Steelers. You know, the the Ravens and the Steelers are the two ones that that, that they hate the most. I would say, but you know, they're not going to get any revenge on the on the Ravens anytime soon. But the Steelers, they were able to uh, have a sweet, sweet victory in their home for their first win in a, in about two decades. Decades, right? Two decades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe a little longer. Yeah, maybe a little bit longer, but. Look, we're going to get into all that. We'll go over the uh, results of some of the other games of the weekend. But, uh, of course, we are going to start with the Ravens. So uh, the Ravens uh, win, not quite by the score that I predicted. I predicted a a double-digit score, but still a good win, 20-13 to in Tennessee. So, um, yeah, man, Lamar was was pretty amazing. Yeah, Lamar was great. The defense was great. Hollywood showed up and had a really, really nice game for him. Uh, you know, overall, it was a, it was a great team win. Um, not a whole lot to complain about from Baltimore uh, in that week. Like I said, the only thing would be, you know, Mark Andrews had a couple drops again, but they turned out to not be really big factors in the game. Right, right. Yeah, I, I was frustrated by by the, the that early drop by Mark Andrews because Mark Andrews doesn't get – talked about nearly enough for his drops especially in big games and he had another drop in the end zone which people didn't really credit him with that drop i understand it was a hard it was a hard catch to make right and i'm not really that within itself i'm not really mad at yeah it is a tough catch but it just seems like he's always dropping those catches in the end zone and my thing is if you're going to be if you're going to get credit for being a top a top tier tight end you know like those are the catches that you had to make right but mm-hmm. it didn't kill us uh it, it looked bad early it, it looked bad early we got down 10 nothing and of course all the narratives of hey you know lamar can't play from behind and it, it always comes to lamar right but lamar can't come back from from 10 points down and you know the game's over and he's already playing bad he threw a bad interception to malcolm butler of all people mm-hmm. but he came back had that nice 48 yard touchdown run and they tied it by halftime and they came out in the second half, went right down the field, scored a touchdown, and it was pretty much over from there. Uh, Tennessee couldn't really mount up any kind of offense. They, the defense completely shut down Derrick Henry. And, you know, when you put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hands and you rely on Ryan Tannehill, 
good things happen for the defense. <laughs> well, they, they Tennessee had their chance uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. late in the game. They were they had a fourth and one on Baltimore's forty and chose to punt. Yeah, uh, you know you got a, a two thousand yard rusher and Derrick Henry, and I understand that he'd been bottled up all day, but if not, then then win. Right? Like I can understand why. I mean, look, I would have went for it, but I can understand Rabel being a little hesitant because even later on in the game, right, it's third and one, and they desperately need to pick up that first down, and they get the ball to Henry, and he gets stuffed, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like they weren't giving Henry anything today, anything. He finished the game with 40 yards. Man, so I already knew that, obviously, Lamar had more rushing yards, right? Lamar had over 100 yards rushing and touchdown. But J.K. Dobbins had more rushing yards than Derrick Henry. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I believe Gus Edwards did as well. Okay, I didn't, I didn't see Gus Edwards' stats, but I, I know J.K. Dobbins had like 43 or 44 yards in a touchdown. Oh, but, no, Edwards had 38, uh, Henry had 40. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't have a good day at all. Like, they were determined to stop him, and they weren't really worried about anybody else. And that's where Tennessee, you know, fell short. And it's like we always say, like, yes, Tannehill has some good numbers this year, but – that team, Tennessee, does not want Tannehill throwing the ball that many times, right? They don't want the, the game to be in his hands for that very reason that happened at the end. You know, he threw he, he threw that interception right to Marcus Peters. Not, well, now, that look, wasn't on him. Um, no, it is on him because it, on the other side, you had A.J. Brown wide open. He had his man beat, right? I think that was Jimmy Smith. He didn't look that way. He was, he was looking at that, that receiver the whole time. Right. I mean that that's fine, but I mean the receiver fell down. Like the the interception's not on Tannehill. I mean, yeah, it was he, still, he ran into Peters and fell over. Uh, it, it was still you know, a bad decision, though. I don't know. I mean, if he doesn't fall, that's a catch. You know, I mean, kind of is what it is. Maybe a catch. Maybe a catch. Well, yeah, right. look, it should be a catch if he doesn't fall. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, there, there's a chance that he that that Peters breaks it up or something like that. But you know, I mean, they had that play. He just fell down. Yeah, but if he looks the other direction, A.J. Brown's open, right? Go through your reads. You hey, man, like, if he throws it to A.J. Brown, maybe he trips. Like, if that's not You can't, you can't put but, that on the quarterback or the receiver falling down after but, he throws the ball. But it wouldn't be an interception, though. Huh. You know, like you're throwing, you're throwing it to a guy that you, you're hoping he can make the catch, but it's still it within coverage. I mean, yeah, he tripped, but Marcus Peters was right there, right? It wasn't like he had Marcus Peters be in any way. Marcus Peters was right there. No, but when he lets go of that pass, you're not thinking there's any chance of that being an interception either because right, right. the receiver is between Peters and the ball. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, worst case scenario is, okay, well, you know, he breaks it up, knocks it down. It's incomplete. But what actually happened is he runs into Marcus Peters and fell over. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what he was, what he was thinking about. I don't know why he ran directly into Marcus Peters. I don't know why he couldn't keep his feet. Marcus Peters is not an, an opposing man. Okay? <laughs> he was on that play. And, and the best part about it was what happened after the interception, you know, the whole, that whole defensive team came out to the middle of the field and had a party on the Titans logo, which was a response to when they uh, came to our house. It was a week 11 and, you know, wanted to huddle up in the middle of the field completely di- tried to disrespect us mm-hmm. and he tried to do the same thing again th- in this game you know out there Malcolm Butler had that interception he he gave Lamar Jackson the finger right yeah you know like they, they've been doing it since last year I, I don't know what their issue is with us man where they have to feel like they have to go out their way to just be extra disrespectful but I know got, what it is it's new money right like, <laughs> yeah, they don't yeah, they yeah. don't know how to act 
So. Right, 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 right. They were hyped up off of last year because they beat a 14-2 and two team in the playoffs and nobody really expected them to win. Okay, great. You know, that's cool. That's that's over and done with. We gave you your props. Uh, you come back this year and you're being extra disrespectful again. Well, guess what? You know, you keep poking at the bear. The paws are going to come out. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, what did you think was going to happen, man? Like, you thought you was going to keep beating us over and over and over and over again? That is exactly that what they thought. That ain't exactly the NFL, yo. That, that's that's not how the NFL works. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, you're going to run into that team and, you know, you're going to take that L. And it happened in your home and they stomped on your logo and they walked off the field without shaking your hands. And you can't say a damn thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't say anything at all. So, you know, eat that. But I, I do want to go back and talk about that decision to punt the ball. Uh, yeah. Like I said, yeah. Derrick Henry has not been, you know, he hasn't been getting loose at all. Right. right, he had one decent run. I think of like eight yards for, for the game. That that was it. Yeah, you know they they shut him down. But you punted away your season by punting the ball from from Baltimore's forty yard line. You know at, at that point in the game, yeah. there was no. You know, you, you're not relying on your defense to to to, to stop somebody. Exactly. Like, you need one yard. Cool. You know it's the same thing with the uh, you know years ago with the Seahawks and the Patriots, right? right. They're on the goal line. They throw the ball, gets intercepted. Everybody's like, oh, why didn't you hand it to Marshawn? Give it to Marshawn. Well, for his career, Marshawn is a below average goal line runner. That's why they right. didn't give it to Marshawn. But everybody knows instinctively that's the wrong call. Right. right? Derrick Henry is a 2,000-yard rusher. He's led the league in rushing You know, the last two years. He had 18 touchdowns this season. He He's King Henry, right? Right. So give him the ball and let him get a yard. Yeah. Look, main, look, don't get me wrong. Right. When I say I understand where Vrabel's coming from, that doesn't mean I agree with Mike Vrabel on that play. You know, it's Derrick Henry. I, I'm giving him the ball and I'm going to believe at some point he's going to he's going to make the play for us. He's going to break through. It's yeah. two yards, man. It's two yards. Two thousand. Like you said, two thousand yard rusher. Of course, I'm going to give him the ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Of course. And even if you don't want to give him the ball, you mentioned a third and one before mm-hmm. that where he yeah. didn't get it. They lined right up and quarterback, you know, ran Q- the quarterback QB sneak and got it yeah, easily. QB sneak, yeah. It's yeah. one yard. He got scared. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all that happened. He said, look, I, I don't know. You know, this isn't the offense that I'm used to seeing. I don't know if we can get it. Uh, I better just punt it. Yeah. And uh, and now your season's over. Yeah, and, and it's very similar to another game we're going to talk about in a minute, you know, with the Steelers and the Browns, where I, mm-hmm. I think Tomlin, who I think is a great coach, yeah. uh, he choked. Right. He, yeah. he made a bad call, uh, you know, punting the ball late in the game. It's very similar to that. But the, the Titans one is probably worse. The tit- I, You know, I don't think the Titans one is worse. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. The, the Steelers were in the middle of a comeback like they needed. I think it was one or two yards as well. Uh, but they they were down 28 nothing in the first quarter. And they had come back to, to get it within at that point. It was 12. Right. You pick up that fourth down and score right there. There's no way that Cleveland is standing up for the rest of that game. Yeah, you yeah. know that picking up that fourth down and scoring on that possession would have broken Cleveland. And instead, you gave him the ball back. Nick Chubb did his thing, and now you're going home. Right. You got right. your players out there talking about, well, you're gonna lose next week anyway. <laughs> okay, so since we already started talking about the Steelers, let's go ahead and get into it. And the story is, uh, I mean, I don't know, is a story that the Browns finally got the monkey off their back or the Steelers really wet in the bed at home? I mean, look, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm hating on Cleveland, right? Like, that's a huge win, and they blew Pittsburgh's doors off in that game. 
So congrats to them. Congrats to Baker. You know, that's a that's a huge win for him. First playoff game and everything. But I mean, I think this the story really is more the story of the game is more that Pittsburgh just they weren't ready. They weren't right. ready to play. Yeah. The very first snap, Marquise Pouncey threw it almost straight up in the air, and Roethlisberger was running running back there trying to get it, and you know Cleveland recovers it in the end zone. You know what I thought was funny when I was uh, watching that happen in real time? Mm. You know, if you watch the replay, they get around the goal line, and, and Roethlisberger's kind of looking at the ball, and he's waiting for, I think it was his running back, to, to jump on it. And I'm like, I bet you don't, we don't have two months of – Ben didn't dive on the fumble like like we do with Cam. You oh, know, of people, course not. People still post that that uh, that picture of him in the Super Bowl. Right. Of course not. Of course not. Yes, we we all know there's a double standard in this league, man. Let's just be real about it. And I understand this wasn't the Super Bowl. And yes, Roethlisberger has has won it twice already. You know that maybe you might want to give him benefit of the doubt because of that. But I mean that really doesn't have anything to do with with him not diving on the ball in that situation, right? I mean, we're no. talking about that moment and the effort that he, he gave, right? So well, look, I, I don't even fault him for it. Like, whatever. Like, yeah. yeah I, but you want, what, but what you do, want consistency you, you, with the criticism. Do? Right, right. That, that's what I'm saying. Because if you're Ben Roethlisberger, you dive on the ball right there. Well, what, what's next? You're taking the sack in the end zone, you know, or, or maybe getting hurt diving on the ball, whatever. I don't care that he didn't dive on it. I'm just saying, like you said, you know, don't criticize one player for it and then not another. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, Roethlisberger had a terrible game, man. Um, yeah. I, and, and I hate how people are trying to sugarcoat it like, oh, he had he threw for 500 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, he threw for four interceptions, too. And yeah. that's what killed him. He didn't, you didn't need the 500 yards. You, <laughs> you threw the 500 yards because you threw the four interceptions. Right. right. Uh, you know, they, they started to come back in the second half. Uh, it, it looked promising for a minute there, but you know, they, they obviously, as I said, we, they couldn't keep it going. And this game was really about the end of the the Steelers era. They're like this current Steelers group. You know, Mike Pouncey yeah. after the game, is it Mike or Marquise? I think that's Marquise. Uh, after the game said that uh, he's going to be retiring. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some speculation that maybe Ben will retire. I don't I don't think he will. Yeah, I think he's going to come back and get his 20 plus million. Yeah, get that check. But this team is done. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're not they're not going to be contenders again until they get a new quarterback. Yeah, um, they really and and I feel bad for Mike Tomlin because I think this is out of Mike Tomlin's hands, right? And Mike Tomlin gets a lot of criticism from I mean, look, Steelers fans like they they're just never satisfied, right? Look, yes, I give him some criticism for um, that punt in the game, right? They shouldn't have yeah. punted the ball away when they have to get points, but I don't think he had any real control over the quarterback situation since he's yeah. been there. I think it was one of those things where they were never going to let him move on from Ben Roethlisberger. And I felt like he wanted to move on from Roethlisberger a while ago. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a feeling, right. I just, it just feels like, you know, like Roethlisberger is a jerk. We know this for a fact. A lot of former players have, have said things about Roethlisberger, unpleasant things about Roethlisberger. Right. Yeah. It, it is coming from multiple people from Ryan Clark to Manuel Sanders AB, who was that former running back that, that said that I, I can never remember the running back's name, but he, he said the most egregious thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I you just hear a bunch of stuff and nobody's defending him, right? Nah. So I feel like it was one of those things where where Tomlin would have gotten rid of him a long time ago if he had the power to, but you know, that doesn't come from up top and Tomlin's just working with what he can. 
And I think last year when they traded the first round pick, when he got hurt and they traded that first round pick for uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, I think that was, you know, the GM and the owner saying, okay, this is so we can't even be tempted to get mm-hmm. a quarterback to replace him, right? Like we're not even going to put that option on the table, yeah. which is just, it's just shameful because you had an opportunity. They could have had Justin Herbert, right? They, they, uh, well, I mean, you know, if they had traded up, they would they well, would have had to trade up to get him. But. Yeah, but I mean, they could have put themselves in position to, yeah, to, to get mm-hmm. him or, you know. But no, nah, man, like you, you went all in the season and it looked great at first because you start out 11 and no. It's like, oh, see, yeah, that's why, you know, Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger, he's the answer. And then he fell apart in the second half and you called it. You, you've been saying that like, yeah, that's not going to hold up. Man, you know? I'm, I'm so mad that I backed off of the one and done talk like from for a month. I've been saying they were going to be one and done in the playoffs. And then because it was Cleveland and because they were missing their head coach and some players, I kind of backed off of that and picked Pittsburgh to win. And this is how they do me, you know, unless you weren't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed my pick because I mean, with all that being said, if they don't put the ball away right there and they go down that drive and score, I I feel like, you know, that had been like, at that point, it'd been like a six point game. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, the wheels would have came off in Cleveland. Because, look, first of all, I'm going to give credit to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has played much better than I thought he was going to play this year. And he stepped up in his first playoff game, mm-hmm. and he won. But there are at least two passes that could have easily been pick sixes. Yeah. And and <laughs> that last yeah. one that he threw that, that should have been a pick six – that would have, you know, the wheels would have fell off. I, I can already see, like, they were trying to, they were just trying to keep keep uh, the Steelers in the game to the very end. And had they gotten within six points, that's when you would have seen Tomlin, you know, really just outclass Stefanski, right? Well, no, Stefanski wasn't there. It was uh, that's, Prefer. Uh, pre- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, I felt like, I felt like had they got to six points, they would have taken over and, yeah. and won that game. But, you know, they put the ball away and credit to them, they finished them off. So, but congrats to Cleveland, congrats to, to Baker Mayfield, and then, you know, we'll see what, what you guys do against yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah, that said, you know, every every quarterback gets lucky with passes like that, mm-hmm. you know, at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Baker played great. He's played great for the, the whole second half of the season. So, you know, congrats to Cleveland on, on that win. You know, I, I know they're, they're probably still celebrating as we speak right now. And they should. They yeah. should. They should enjoy it. You know, uh, especially against a rival, and that, that's there's mm-hmm. no better feeling than that. Yeah, it's it's, man, it's been a long time if you're a Cleveland fan. Like, there's some Cleveland fans that have never seen this happen before. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. So, yeah, they play Kansas City next week. Now, you know, even though Chase Claypool said Kansas City's gonna beat the brakes off of them, I, I, I agree. I agree with that. You know, Claypool shouldn't be talking because no. whether they blow them out or not, your team didn't do anything. Yeah, I really don't like the. Uh attitude of the Steelers team you know they, they were down 19 uh, late in the game and Juju's doing TikTok dances lined up and you know before the before the snap of the ball yeah you know you got Claypool talking after the game how are you talking trash for another team yeah you know what now I think about it right for all those Steelers fans that are like oh Thomas gotta go it's time for a change man I think maybe it is man like seeing what how Doug Peterson got out of out of Philly Right, mm-hmm. seeing how he he just got tired of it, and and I think he asked to be released. I don't think they just said, "Hey, you're fired. You're doing a terrible job." I think Tomlin should do the same thing. Like, hey, you know what, man, I, I'm out of here. Like, you guys aren't going to let me run a team the way I, I want to be run, or get me the players I need to to really succeed. I'll go somewhere else. Right, yeah. 
I'll go somewhere else. Everybody knows Tomlin's a damn good coach, right? So it's not going to be a problem for him getting the job. And speaking of uh, Doug Peterson, we'll talk about him real quick. Uh, today, him and the Eagles parted ways, whether you all call him firing him or he quit or, you know, depending on how you want to look at it, he's not there anymore. And the story is, you know, it, 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 this, the, the rumor's been out there for months that he wanted to leave. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think this this doesn't have anything to do with him benching Wentz or, or benching Hurts. Uh, no. Yeah, benching hurts in that last game, right? Which a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, he should get fired for that. Yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with that. I think this was going to happen no matter what. Yeah, r- ridiculous, mind yeah. you. Uh, but yeah, uh, Schefter and Rappaport both said basically that it was, you know, there were tensions between him and the GM. And Rappaport specifically said that he was just kind of tired of people telling him what to do, <laughs> which, I mean, <laughs> all right, I guess. I guess we're not going to see Doug for a good long while in the NFL. That's the case. <laughs> well, I mean, but, it depends on what he means by that, right? Like, it's one thing if the GM is saying, hey, we're going to bring in these players, whatever, right? That's the GM's job. That's not really the head coach's job. But if the GM is saying, hey, you need to start this player, hey, you need to run these plays, okay, but, yeah, you're overstepping your, your boundaries there. Like, I'm mm-hmm. the coach. Who knows? Who, who knows, you know, what caused the friction? I feel like it had a lot to do with Wentz, though. I, I, that's my feeling also is that, you know, you have this guy who had one really good year and then had a had a couple of not so great years mm-hmm. and he didn't win you the Super Bowl. So he's not bulletproof like that, like a, like a quarterback normally would be after a Super Bowl win. Right. And then you paid him anyway. And he had a terrible year this year. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the thing about that is all your receivers hurt. Injuries all along the O line, injuries yeah. in the backfield, injuries on defense, and you bench him anyway. Which okay, that's fine. I mean, he wasn't playing well. Even like, even if you want to try to isolate his play, you say he wasn't playing well. Uh, but you brought in Jalen Hurts, and he kind of gave him a little spark initially. But you only won one more game. He went one and three, and he wasn't playing you know much better than yeah. Wentz himself. Yeah. Right? right. So now you've put the GM in a position where, you know, Carson Wentz doesn't want to stay there. Obviously, you know, he, he wants to be a starter. He, he thinks he's a starter, but he has this huge contract. You can't have him as the backup. And that contract is I mean, kind of untradeable. Yeah. Right? So you kind of left this mess for the GM to deal with. And I can see why, you know, the, the, the tensions might be rising over that. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. It's a mess. And, what coach do you bring in to clean that up, right? Because you have a quarterback who right now, today, doesn't want to be there. So so first and foremost, you're probably looking for a coach that wants to work with Wentz, right? But the question is, one, do you, the GM, still believe in Wentz at this point? That's the first thing, because you got to pay him. So you got you to gotta believe he's still your guy. Yeah. And if that's the case, then you got to go find a coach that believes he's still the guy. And then it's a question of what do you do with Hurts? Because Hurts, you know, he didn't play much better, but he did play better than Wentz. And I think yeah. he feels like he should be a starter. Absolutely. Go- yeah. So what are you going to so what are you going to do with that situation? And also, like, what if he keeps playing bad? Right. <laughs> what, what, you know, you, what if he keeps playing bad and new coach is like, OK, look, I gave him a shot, man. And he's not it. Now we put in Hurts. And then now Wentz is like, now he's really mad, right? He's like, yo, I asked you in the offseason to trade me, and I had to go through all of this just to get benched again. Trade me now. Or I'm not, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, uh. well, and, I, and I'll tell you too, the answer to that question of who, who you get 
um, there's been people pointing out, hey, keep an eye on Mike Kafka, the quarterback coach in Kansas City. And I think that, I mean, maybe not specifically him, but that is the answer to the question, is a guy who should not be a head coach right now. Anyway. Didn't he used to be the quarterback for Philly? He did. Mm-hmm. He he had a, a rather iconic celebration that he used to do. But the, the answer is, yeah, you get somebody who otherwise would not have a chance to be a head coach. So, you know, you bring in Mike Kafka, he's not arguing with you as the GM. Right. You know, you, you have control of that relation. There's no power struggle there. Right. You know, because he wasn't supposed to, you know, he, he skipped the line, basically. Yeah. You're going to have to get a, a guy like that and tell him, listen, Carson Wentz is your guy. I'm going to trade Jalen Hurts this offseason. Or, you know, or just tell him, you know, you're sitting the bench, you're the backup, whatever it is. Yeah. But you get a guy who doesn't have any power. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, you just got to hope that he's a good X's and O's guy, right? Mm-hmm. And can and can really coach. So let's get back to some more playoffs. Where you where you want to go with it? Uh, well, the first game of the weekend. Well, actually, I don't even remember if they played first now, but it doesn't matter. Colts and Bills. Yeah, I think they were um, the first game. I think they were Buffalo. Saturday. Yeah, Buffalo pulled out the win, twenty seven twenty four. You know, not a hugely impressive win for Buffalo, but I mean, the Colts are a tough team. Yeah, the Colts are a tough team. Uh, this one came down to a couple of uh, controversial, I guess, coaching coaching decisions as well. The Colts had the ball fourth and goal uh, on like the four yard line, and they had a chance to, you know, obviously kick a field goal there, and they decided to go for it, and they got a lot of heat for that because they did not convert. And then, you know, later on. Obviously, they ended up losing by three. People like, hey, did you kick the field goal, blah, blah, blah. But my thing is, like, the the decision to go for it, it was the correct call. The play worked. Yeah. You know, their receiver was open in the end zone, and Phillip Rivers just couldn't make the throw. Yeah, it was a bad throw. Well, I, th- I think I was criticizing that call be- even before they called it because you didn't need a touchdown right there. Like, you were very much in the game. Like, you didn't need a touchdown. You know, like, you can kick a field goal. The defense was doing really well against their offense. Like, there was no need for it right there. But you're absolutely right. The play worked. You know, uh, Phil Rivers has to make a better pass. Yeah, look, you don't need the touchdown necessarily. But, you ain't. I mean, how often are you going on the road in the playoffs winning the game, kicking yeah. field goals? Yeah, no, no. Because, you know, the, the, the next possession, uh, well, not, I guess, technically not the next possession. The, the first possession of the second half, they kicked a field goal, 33-yard yeah. field goal. He yeah. missed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you know, would you rather it come down to that kicker or, your, you know, put your offense on the field and see if they can make a play for a couple of yards? Uh, in that case, I'm going with the kicker, man. Like, I, I heard that, too. It's like, oh, well, look, he missed a field goal early on. Do you want to go out there and kick? Well, he's on the team, right? And, like, it can't get it can't get any easier than, than from right there, right? If, if you can't trust him to kick the field goal from there, you shouldn't even have activated him. Well, look, you could say that about a 33-yard field goal, too. Yeah, you know, and Philip Rivers is also on the team, and he's making a lot more money than that kicker is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, and they went for it, and you know, he didn't get it. But you know, look, it was a close game, a hard fight game, and the Bills and the Ravens are going to be playing next week. That's going to be tough on both sides. So we're going we're going to break that down a little bit more. Yeah, I think that you know, you look at this Colton Bills game, and Philip Rivers had a, had a nice stat line, but I think it really just comes down to much like Ben. It's kind of it's kind of over for him. Yeah, you know, uh, if you had a younger, better quarterback, you'd probably win that game. But um, unlike Ben, unlike Ben, I don't think he's done. <laughs> I, I think he's coming back next next year. 
Oh, I think I think they'll both be back next year. I don't think Ben's walking away. Um. Well. Oh, well. I, I should say, I don't think there's any speculation about about right. uh, Philip Rivers coming back next year. There yeah. is speculation about Big Ben, right? Philip Rivers. I don't think there's any speculation. I think he's absolutely coming back. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, and again, you know, congratulations to Josh uh, Allen. He got his first playoff win as well. You know, look, the story is always about Lamar, and it, it drives me crazy as a Ravens fan that all these expectations and pressures put on Lamar Jackson. Oh, he's mm-hmm. 0-2 in the playoffs. Oh, if he goes 0-3, does he get a big contract? That's the that's the most ridiculous thing, right? Yeah. And, you know, these other guys who were drafted the same year as him and drafted a lot higher than him hadn't won anything either. You know, yeah. uh, Josh Allen went to the playoffs last year, his first time, and he choked that game. They were up. He was <laughs> he, he put on a pretty embarrassing performance he, last he, year. He choked that game, and it got talked about for about five minutes, and then that was it. You know, this is Baker's first time in the playoffs, but yeah. up until I mean, look, Baker got a little heat last year. Let me let me not like downplay that. He got he got heat. I mean, it was well deserved. He played terrible. Yeah. But but he did get some heat, right? But he stepped up this year. But I mean, nobody got more pressure put on them than Lamar. And I understand he was the league MVP, right? But damn, man, like the, it, he he only played two years in the <laughs> in the league at that yeah. point, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh well, when is he going to get his first win? Okay, well. He got his first win. He got his first win. Allen got his first win, and and Baker got his first win all at the same time. You know, so congrats to all three of them. But damn, man, like for a quarterback that was drafted thirty second, man, like geez, you know, yeah, <laughs> lay off a little bit. You know, and, and you and I know what that's about, right? Like that has everything to do with this, the media not liking being so wrong on Lamar Jackson. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, so next up, we have the Rams and the Seahawks. The Rams win this one 30 to 20. And this the really the story here is the Rams defense completely shutting down uh Seattle. Completely. Both quarterbacks actually uh, were under 50% in this one. Yeah. Uh, the only one who completed 50% of his passes was actually Wolford, and he got hurt fairly early on. Jared Goff went nine for nineteen and 155 yards on the touchdown. Russ played one of the worst games of his career. Yeah, eleven for twenty-seven, hundred seventy-four yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Got sacked five times. They had a, he his his team had a few drops too, man. Um, it was not their best. Uh, those wide receivers it was not their best day playing. Yeah, but I think but, you know Seattle saw what happens when you don't focus on the O line at all. Yeah, you know the Rams have a superstar in Aaron Donald, who I mean he he put it on Russ a few times, and I, and Russ was running for his life all day, man. I, I think they have gone as far as they can go with Pete Carroll, that staff, and really that GM, right? I just don't think they can do any more there. Like, they rely too much on Russell Wilson. And, yes, they've gotten some good players here and there, but, like, that that team is all, there's always something missing. Like, like that, that team isn't, isn't particularly good. It's just that Russell Wilson is great, right? Mm-hmm. He really holds that team up. But every time you get to the playoffs, like, you see the, the deficiencies and – Every year in the offseason, it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do to fix this? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to draft a linebacker. I'll tell you what yeah. we're going to do. We're going to draft a running back, right? Like, yeah. They, they, you know, never, they, they never fix the problems. For, for all the talk in the NFL about how smart these guys are and how much work they put in and all this stuff, there, there are not a lot of organizations that do much self-scouting, right? No. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Seattle, you can't tell me that you have not. I mean, aside from seeing it every week. You you can't tell me you haven't heard everybody talk about how terrible your O line is. 
Right. Like, why, why are you, like, why can you not fix that? Right. Same thing in Baltimore. You know, you know, you can't draft wide receivers. You right. know this, right. You know, you don't have the talent there. Why aren't you doing anything to fix it? Yeah. Right. And I think it, it just comes down to, again, you know, these teams are not, you know, solidified units. Like right. the, the owner, the GM and the coach are not always on the same page. So, you know, the GM is not going to be comfortable with you coming to him and saying, Hey, yeah, you're still our GM, but we're bringing in somebody else to draft O lineman. Right. Or, you know, right. or something like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for that game. I mean, was much more to say there. So the Rams, who are they playing? The Rams are going to be playing the, uh, not the Bucks. They're going to be playing the Saints. Saints. Okay. So, all right. Actually, hang on. Let me make sure of that. No, Rams, Packers. Rams, Rams Packers. Packers. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Pa- pa- uh, the Packers had a bye yeah. this week. So. Yeah, I, I I would say that's going to be an interesting game, but I think the Packers are going to run away with that. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, it, it'll. I think it'll be. Actually, I think it's going to be kind of a boring game because both, you know, the Rams and the Packers both have good defenses, but Aaron Rodgers will do enough to to get the win, and Jared Goff will not. He's not going <laughs> to do much of anything, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's the next game? Uh, up next, Tampa Bay and Washington, and I mean we we got to have like an intervention during this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay got the win 31 23. Congrats to them. They're moving on. Chris Godwin, terrible, terrible game. Had at least four drops. But, you know, they, they pulled out the win. Tom, terrific, all that. Washington played it a little closer than, than most people thought. And in large part because of their starting quarterback, Taylor Heineke. Yeah. I, um, I wish I could, I wish I could bring Quan in for this section, man, because. Yeah. Our friend Quan is—he's—he's the biggest Washington fan, and look, I'm sure every fan base has has these type of fans, man. But like Washington fans, it's like it's like they are so thirsty for a quarterback, like a real quarterback. There, they will they will fall for anything. Like Washington fans get catfished every year by quarterbacks. Okay, that—that's what's going on. He's being catfished by this man Taylor Heineke. Let's break let's let's break this game down a little more. We'll get we'll get into that. Taylor Heineke had 26, uh, 26 for 44, 306 yards, a touchdown and interception, had 46 yards and a touchdown rushing as well. Now, I will say there were some big drops from Washington in this game. Yeah, uh, His number should have been even better. They, they should have had a chance to win. That's all great. You know, he played fine. He is a garbage quarterback. <laughs> there is a reason that a 27-year-old Taylor Heineke, who has been on multiple teams and played on multiple teams was sitting at home in December waiting for Washington to call. And it's not because he's Tom Brady. Yeah. Look, Washington fans, you didn't find some diamond in the rough. You didn't find some hidden gem that Ron Rivera was the only person who found this potential in him that Nobel saw, you know, like you forget Ron Rivera already coached him in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Right. And even when, when Cam went out, Taylor Heineke didn't get the he didn't get the nod. Right? Well, yeah, you you have another another Carolina quarterback who played better than Heineke this year in Kyle Allen. He was yeah. just on IR. Yeah, yeah. So like, you didn't find a hidden gem. You found a healing crystal that some scam artist sold you on Amazon. Yeah, that's what they, you found. They are so thirsty for a quarterback there, man. Like they can get catfished by anybody. Yeah. I mean, my man Quan's talking about giving him like a two or three year deal. That's insane. That's insane. Uh, don't waste your time or money on that man. Right. Let him walk. Like you can cut him, 
and he will be right there if you know worst case scenario happens again and all three of your quarterbacks go down he'll be there you well no look I, I will disagree with that somebody is going to give him a stupid amount of money and oh, when yeah, i say yeah. stupid i don't i don't mean like 30 million i mean you know he's he'll get 14 15 million something like that somebody's going to do that just don't let it be you right just don't let it be you yeah yeah i'm not sure where they're picking because they they messed around and made the playoffs but you got a first round pick I'm not sure what the cap situation is like either, but there's plenty of quarterbacks out there that are going to be available, whether it's free agency or via trade. Go get yourself a real quarterback, right? Don't Listen, waste time with Taylor Heineke's. Stand in line with everybody else. Put together your best offer for Houston. Yep. And, and try to get Deshaun Watson. And if you can't get him, then go sign Cam for a year. Go sign Jimmy Garoppolo for a year. You know, or, or just trade up and, and grab a quarterback in this year's draft. Like I said, don't get fooled by Taylor Heineke. It's Rex Grossman and John Beck all over again. You know, it's going to be years before you move on. And you have a dominant D-line right now. Go get a quarterback and see. Yeah, I mean, you could win that division again next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got to see what the Cowboys do when Dak comes back. And that's that's the next thing uh, where it is that the Cowboys are, are hiring Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator. So that's just yes. I mean, he's he's an excellent uh, defensive coach. So that should help improve that defense. So I don't know, man. It, I mean, it, it may not matter in the end because that comes back healthy and, and Dan Quinn gets that defense even decent. That's Dallas's uh, division to lose. Well, not if Washington has a real quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Go go get yourself yeah. a, a legitimate starting quarterback and you can I'm not saying they will win it, but right, you can right. compete for that division next year. Yeah, true, true, true. All right. Well, so yeah, Tampa Bay. Oh, also being mentioned, you know, Chris Godwin had an awful game. He had like four drops. I but, did mention that. You mentioned he had he had four drops. No, no, you yes. said it was major drops. I thought you said uh Washington um, Washington side. No, no, no. Drops. I I said it uh when we when we first started talking about it, Chris Godwin had a terrible game. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. I heard you say drops, you know. Um, okay, yeah. But look, he still ended up with like five catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. So, I mean, look, that's what I'm talking about when I mean talent, right? You can have an ugly game, but still <laughs> find a way to score. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it's okay if he had a bad night because AB went off, uh, Mike Evans went off, Cameron Brait went off. Like, that's what I'm talking about when I say, man, surround your quarterback with weapons protect him and get him weapons so it doesn't matter who's having a bad day there's always somebody that can get off yeah yeah they are going to be playing the new orleans saints next week and we did this wrong because we ended up with the last game uh being the absolute worst game new orleans (laughs) against chicago new orleans won 21 to 9 i mean it was a god awful game to watch yeah mitch trubisky through a beautiful pass early in this one uh, when it was still 7-3 New Orleans. You know, there was kind of a flea flicker type play, and, and, and he threw a beautiful – it was like a 50-yard pass. Guy was running open in the end zone. The defender had fallen down, hit him right in stride, went right through his arms, and that was the end of the game. That was in the first quarter. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it was, over. it was downhill from there. And you're right. That was a, that was a snoozer. There's, yeah. there's not a lot to say there. Alvin really? Kamara is a beast. Nobody in Chicago knows anything about offense. Nope. Nope. Uh, Khalil Mack is a beast, too. Yes. <laughs> Khalil Mack is a beast. So there's some offseason. There's a major question in the offseason for the Bears. 
That is, what are you going to do with Mitch Trubisky? And I can tell you the answer is that they are going to extend him. Oh, man. Bears fans. If any Bears fans out there listening to this, man, I would, like, I would love to know how do you feel about that because I know, and I've, I've said this on podcasts before, I know you guys are not happy when you drafted Mr. Bisky, and I don't think he's really done anything to make you happy since. Even, like, look, he's played better this year, right? But he ain't played great. No. And, you know, you get bounced in the first round. I don't know, man. Like, quarterbacks like that, to me, what is signing him? Like, okay, you, if you if you resign a quarterback like that, this isn't just about Mitch Trubisky. This is just, you know, we just talked about Taylor Heineke, right? Mm-hmm. How is your team any better moving forward? Because in Washington's case, all right, you already have you have a couple of weapons. Maybe you can add, add some more, right? You have Terry McLaurin, who's really good. You have uh, the running back Gibson, who's, yeah. who's, who's, who's really good. The, the, uh, tight end. Logan Thomas. Yeah, you have some weapons. Yeah, okay, maybe you can add some more. The O-line was pretty solid, right? Mm-hmm. So you add a couple more weapons, does that make your offense that much better, like good enough to, to beat Tampa? Probably not. If you beat Tampa, okay, you get out the first round. Is it better than, than Green Bay? Is it better than you know New Orleans or whatever, right? Probably not. And that's because you don't have a good enough quarterback. And it's the yeah. same thing with Chicago. You bring back Mr. Trubisky. How is your offense going to be any better? Because you're probably going to lose Allen Robinson. Right. Yes. Like, Alan Robinson is that man, yo. He's mm-hmm. he's a beast. And the reason why a lot of people out there don't know who Alan Robinson is is because, you know, his, his quarterback ain't good. Because <laughs> the people like Mitchell Trubisky and Blake Corbis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, how does that improve your team? doesn't. So why even waste? I don't, even if he comes cheap, like don't waste your time with that. Get somebody better. Well, I, I'll tell you why. I heard somebody the other day talking about – it, it, this is a rumor. I, I don't think it's true. But you're saying how oh, the uh, the Lions were going to hire Marvin Lewis, and you know this is in a, a in the comments of a of a live stream, and everybody was like, "Yikes!" You know, oh, that's a terrible hire. Blah blah blah. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, "Who are the Detroit Lions to turn their nose up at Marvin Lewis?" Right, a man. They're nobody. Yeah, a man who's been in the playoffs more times than they've been since right. I can remember. So okay, yeah, he hasn't won a playoff game, but. Who are you? Right. Right. And and so it's a similar thing to me with, you know, Washington hiring Ron Rivera. Like, yeah. yeah, okay, Ron's not a great coach, but you're Washington. Yeah. So you don't you don't complain about that. Yeah. And and I think a similar thing would be at play here with Chicago. Yeah, you're you're not gonna be any better, you know, just bringing back Mitchell Trubisky next year. He's not a good quarterback, but he's made the playoffs twice on his rookie deal. Right. And yeah. you're the Bears. That's not a thing that you really get to say that often. So, but you know what? It's kind of just hey, if he, if we make the playoffs with him, just bring him back. I would, but like we same thing we said with Washington. There's a lot of options out there at quarterback, right? That are better than Mr. Bisky. Try to get one of those guys first. Like, cause look, Matty Ice is probably going to be available. Matt Ryan, right? I think he. I mean, I don't think I know he's a better quarterback than Mr. Bisky right now. But you got to remember, they're paying Nick Foles right now. They have to pay to keep Mitchell Trubisky, you know, if that if they want that as an option, like uh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. No, let no let Mitch Trubisky walk and get somebody because maybe Ryan is only good for a couple more years, and then you got to look at a quarterback then. But look, you're a playoff team now. You know Matt Ryan makes your team a little bit better, and maybe maybe that entices Allen Robinson. 
to stay? Probably not. But you're getting a higher quality quarterback, and then you can try to find some weapons. That that's how you can improve your your offense right there. Make the but team I better. would I would go one step further, and I would say to you, any of those guys who will make your team better are probably not going to sign there. So. Huh? Well, look, there's look, there's a lot of guys that are going to be looking for different jobs, and that, and also you got a couple of quarterbacks coming out in the draft. You know, you, you I, I'm sure you can get one, right? Because th- this isn't the same as Washington exactly. Mitchell Trubisky is a better quarterback than Taylor Heineke. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo is not really an upgrade over Trubisky. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I would still think, like you said, Matt Ryan. I would still go Cam. Um, Wentz. You know, you're you're not going to get Wentz. I mean. Wentz played a lot worse than Trubisky this year, and he's mm. making a lot more money. So, right. I mean, right. you know, in theory, yeah, he's a better player, but what do you have? What, what, you know, you got to figure out what's going on with Wentz yeah. before you can really clear that up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that there are a lot of options for them to upgrade from Trubisky this offseason. Mm. I still wouldn't pay him, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I, I see, I can understand why they want to. They want to keep them and, and try to keep a, a certain baseline of, of success, especially, you know, like I said, you know, you're not a you're not one unit at, in that front office. Right. Yeah. That GM and that coach know they're going to get fired if they if they fall back. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm sure they both want Trubisky back. Yeah. Um, man, look, sometimes it's bad just to, you know, like. I know it's a comfort level, right? But that comfort level is just, hey, we might make it to the playoffs and be bouncing the first round. Man, don't be afraid to to break it all down, right? Suck for a year and then get the quarterback that you want in the draft. Or or try to move up in the draft and get the quarterback that you want now. You don't have to suck to move up and get the quarterback that you want. You just got to be aggressive. Hey, man, they moved up to get the quarterback they want this time. And that was Mitchell Trubisky. And like I said, you know, it's not about being afraid to suck. It's that Matt Nagy probably still wants to be a head coach in the NFL. And yeah. he's not going to be if they go four and twelve next year. And yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's also the danger of Mr. Trubisky. He could he could take you to four and twelve, right? <laughs> he could. He could. He could. Yeah. yeah. But all right. So that's it. Um do you all preview the uh the games for next week? Well, I mean, we can just talk about the the Ravens and the Bills. Okay. Uh, for next week, right. that's a. Uh, I mean, that, that, I think it's a it's a pretty good matchup. It's a tough matchup for sure. Yeah, uh, they're they're a better team all the way around than Tennessee. Yeah, right? better quarterback, better wide receivers, probably better O line, better defense. Yeah, but you know, it it is a winnable game. I think it's going to be tough for Baltimore. No, uh, absolutely. I think at this point we just have to run the offense that we run, right? Like. You guys know I'm not a big fan of Greg Roman. I'm not a big fan of his of how he uses Lamar, right? But what we do is working for now. And, you know, we just can't get cute. Like, we have to just – it's going to have to be a run-heavy game and, 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 you know, play action passes and all the things that we did to beat the Titans. We're going to have to do against the Bills. Now, luckily, the Bills uh, – aren't as good on defense as I thought they were. I thought they were better than that. So we're just going to have to call a good game on that side because we're going to have to put up points, man. Like, Buffalo has a really good offense. Uh, but are they better than the Titans? Not offensively. I I, th- I don't think they, they scored more points than the Titans offensively. But, you know, in terms of talent, they're certainly better. Yeah, yeah. But the you know, Titans are right there, to be honest. Like, Stephon Diggs is up is good, but so is A.J. Brown and you, know, you got yeah, Corey but- Davis. Corey, Corey Davis, you know, he, he had a good year. 
but then you've got John Brown and Cole Beasley. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you've also got Dawson Knox, a tight end. They've got a better O-line. Certainly, Tennessee has the better running back, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But like I said, they're, they're better on defense also than, than Tennessee is. Yeah. And and look, and better quarterback. Josh Allen's a better quarterback than yeah. Hill. So that can give you, you know, look, they're a good team, right? I think this is a more evenly matched game. I don't necessarily think they're supremely better. I didn't feel good about us having to play them a few weeks back just because, you know, we weren't really on the same page. But, like, we've looked a lot better since then. And, you know, they showed me some stuff in the, in the, our win against Tennessee. So, you know, I feel I feel good about the game. I feel good about the game. I do think we have a I, – I, look, I haven't picked against the Ravens yet. And in this game, I'm not going to pick against them either, right? I just – I don't think Buffalo is necessarily better than us. So, I don't, I don't really – I'm not saying I don't see how they can win, but, you know, I don't see us losing. <laughs> I don't see us losing. So for for this game, this is going to be probably maybe the only time you hear me advocate for this strategy. Baltimore needs to come in and just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball some more. Really bleed the clock and kind of shorten the game. And I mean run the ball with with Dobbins and and Edwards, not so much with Lamar. I mean yeah. obviously he can he can run at at times, but yeah. Buffalo has a you know they're kind of on the lower end of middle of the pack in terms of run defense. Yeah. So go out there and run, and eat them up four or five yards at a time, and make them show you that they can stop it before you you move on to any other strategy. On defense, you know it, it's tough, uh, but Baltimore has the personnel. You know they they have a lot of talent on defense. Buffalo likes to they, they're not a particularly good run team. They don't really like to run, and they just lost Zach Moss for the rest of the season. They like to throw off a play action, you know, and they like to to scheme guys open with route combinations going over the middle and everything like that. So they're going to be trying to get guys, you know, into open space over the middle and get some easy throws for Josh Allen. That's basically the thing that you have to avoid for Baltimore. And if I'm them, I'm looking at Marcus Peters and I'm looking at Marlon Humphrey and I'm saying, listen, particularly to Marlon Humphrey, Stefan Diggs is a much better receiver than A.J. Brown, but he's not the big physical, the physical physical guy that that he is you know so you need to get into into Stefan Dick's face and, and push him around this yeah. week right yeah. you know Marcus Peters you got to lock up on John Brown both of you guys got to be in man pretty much all day yeah right? yeah and if I'm if I'm Baltimore I'm telling the middle linebackers look basically ignore the run not completely obviously but like Give it that extra one or two beats at you know at the snap of the ball before you step up to defend the run because they like to go play action. And again, it's one of those situations where if you're gonna if you're gonna beat me with Devin Singletary in the playoffs, then so be it. Right. 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 Uh, I'm gonna tell the the D line pass rush to contain Josh Allen, not necessarily to get to him. Uh, I want to see them putting their hands up every time he goes to throw the ball. I want those linebackers in the middle of the field every time he drops back. I want the corners knocking the receivers off the route as much as possible. And really, the strategy just needs to be clog up the passing lanes as much as possible and just try to frustrate him into making a mistake. Yeah. If you look at their their three losses with the Chiefs, uh, the Titans, and Arizona, they didn't get a whole lot of pressure on him. Right? They there was one sack total in those three games. You know, Kansas City got got a decent number of hurries. The other two, not so much. I think you, you really want to try to force 
Josh Allen to beat you with shorter throws, making throws into tighter windows, making good decisions for for the full game. He's certainly capable of doing it, but I think that's going to be the the most difficult path for Buffalo to win. Oh, sure, especially if we're executing well on our side, right? Because mm-hmm. what we do well, I mean, we do really well, right? Yeah. If, if you don't stop us running, that's going to open up uh, the passing game for Lamar. And what we saw last week, a lot more swing passes, right? Mm-hmm. You added that to our repertoire. Hollywood is, you know, has, has been going off this last few weeks, and that continued last week against uh, the Titans. We can, we'll put up points, and if we're going down the down the field, you know, fourteen play drives and and putting up touchdowns, that's going to put more pressure on them. Right. To if you're you're taking away the deep passes and they have to sell for like the the underneath stuff. Yeah, that's going to frustrate. That's going to frustrate Josh Allen to making mistakes, right? Because he's going to try to force plays. Right? Yeah, and that, that's what you want. I want him. If I'm their defensive coordinator, if I'm Wink, I want him thinking every time they get the ball. Like I want him saying, "Man, I haven't been out here in a while, and I'm only going to get X number of possessions, and we have to score right now." You yeah. know, and I want to. You know, it's it's fine if you you're not getting to him, right? Just like I said, make sure you contain him. Don't give him any running lanes. Let him sit in the pocket. Let him yeah. sit in the pocket and look and look and look and say, hey, I, I could take that for, for four or five yards. But, man, like, I'm, I don't want to do that ten times this drive. You know? Right. Let right. me let me, let me me see. You know, it looks like there's a little room between Diggs and, and, and Marlon. Let me see if I can squeeze it in there and yeah. see if you can force a turnover. And, and, and really, that's, that's what the Ravens excel at, right? That bend, don't break type of, type of defense where, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you look like you're in rhythm – all the way down the field and then the, the drive stalls and you have to kick a field goal. That's yeah. great for the first drive of the game or the second yeah. drive. But when you're in the third quarter <laughs> and, and you only had 13 points, you know, that yeah. you know, frustration builds, right? Yeah. Um, and, and look, that's why, you know, we were number two in scoring defense, right? Just under the Rams. Right. right? And, and Josh Allen's, a, you know, I mean, he's had a fantastic year. And but he's a he's a very young quarterback and you know he's a quarterback who likes to make big plays. He sure. likes to make plays with his legs, he likes to throw it downfield, he's got a you know, he's got a great arm. And I, I think that'll that'll frustrate him and, and there's some opportunities there. Whereas, you know, look at the other side. Yeah, Lamar's just as young as Josh Allen, right? They they came in the same class. Running the ball for four or five yards every single play, that's where Baltimore's comfortable. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they can they can do that all day. They can play they ugly. Care. Like that's always been Baltimore's identity is they're comfortable just rolling around in the mud, right? That's mm-hmm. nothing for them. Like they they'll get you dirty too, and that's where you're not comfortable. Yeah, and and Lamar, I know if I'm the Ravens coaches, I know he can take it to the house on any given play. And yeah. while Josh Allen is a good runner, the same's not really true there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody knows Lamar is just he's just something different, right? Like mm-hmm. you see him out there, and that's you know, look. Even even fans of opposing teams when they watch him run, it's just like, look, what, what are you gonna do? Right? right. <laughs> you know, you yeah. see him run, it's just like, well, I mean, whatever. Like, there's, there's nothing you can do about that. You just throw your hands up, right? No, no, no. Josh Allen isn't that same type of runner. He's a good runner for sure. Yeah. But no, he's not the same type of runner, and that's not really what he wants to do either for the full game. He has a big arm, and he can, and he has a receiver that can he can catch anything. Yeah. <laughs> His days can catch anything, so it, it's been working out really well for them. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be tough. But yeah, I agree. Again, I'm saying the same thing I said last last week. This is why we pay the defense. Okay, this is like the pressure's on the defense every week. 
mm-hmm. every week. The press is on the defense. This is why we paid you. They did an excellent job against Tennessee, right? Yeah. I did not expect them to hold them to 13 points. Right. 13 points and hold hold Derrick Henry to 40 points. That's a dominant defensive effort. They're going to have to do the same thing this week, man, because you're playing an excellent offense. And if we're going to win a Super Bowl, that's how it's going to play out. We're going to have to p- beat them. We're probably going to have to beat Kansas City. Yeah. And, and we'll probably have to beat, you know, you know Tampa or, or Green Bay or so, like whoever we play is going to have an excellent offense in the Super Bowl. So yeah. the defense, this is why we pay you. They're, they're going to have to stop these these explosive offenses or, you know, slow them down at the very least. But, you know, I like the matchups. I think we have, you know, some, you know, the best secondary in the league. And we have two edge rushers that are good, you know, at least on paper. <laughs> and we got the pass rushing. We got the secondary. We got the linebackers. Like, not saying that we're going to stop anybody left in the playoffs, but we can definitely slow them down. And our offense, you know, just give Lamar chances. And um, I think he can make it happen. Yeah. Uh, I think we can probably end up end the uh, the podcast talking a couple minutes about the tragedy going on in Houston, uh, oh. where they have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league in Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they have him signed to a long term deal. They promised him that he was going to have input in the GM and coaching searches, and then immediately turned around and hired a GM without his input and refused to even interview the head coach that he wanted in Eric B Yeah. I, I think it's, it, they're making it clear that they just don't want him there. Right. When you go and tell the quarterback, Hey, we want you to be involved in the process and then just go ahead and just make these moves without him. And then, you know, when he's, he gives you input and you just complete, you don't even, you don't even interview the person that he wants. Like you're sending a message, right? Yeah. And you just don't want to look like the bad guy. I think it's ridiculous. You know, we're in 2021 now and like these old timey, you know, owners and, and GMs think that that they're fooling somebody by by, you know, going about this way. Oh, we didn't we didn't, you know, want to trade him. Like he has to be traded. Like everybody can see through that nonsense. Right. Like like social media is this, you know, like we see Deshaun Watson being frustrated. Right. Like yeah. It's not for nothing. Right. <laughs> it's not for nothing. Like Like players have a much bigger voice in the media and with the public, right? Like they, they had the public's attention a lot more than it did in the past. Like it's not the owners setting the narrative anymore. It's not these teams and organizations setting the narrative anymore. Players yeah. have a voice. So, you know, when he goes out there tweeting and, you know, nothing changes, like everybody can see what's going on. I mean, Bill O'Brien destroyed that team, right? Yeah. We saw that happen with, the, with our very eyes. Like everybody knows that. So he should have been frustrated just from that. And mm-hmm. then to see that, Okay, you're not really looking to bring a coach that he feels like can uh, really turn that team around. Like we know that's not on Deshaun, right? In fact, most people are rooting for Deshaun to get out of there. Yeah, and you, when you signed a uh, or you hired the GM Nick Casario right out of the the New England Patriot line again that you just had with Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to me that they're trying to alienate him to the point that he demands a trade, like you said, so they can look like oh, it wasn't on us. I don't, you know, it's not going to work, but I can see why they would be doing it in terms of just having no draft capital right now. Yeah. Uh, if you trade Deshaun Watson, yeah, you'll, you'll get several picks for him, yeah. which is, it's funny because one of the, the rumored destinations is Miami trading two uh, plus picks for Deshaun Watson, and they'd just be trading you back your own picks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And if I'm Miami and I like Tua, I like Tua a lot. I think he's going to be a good quarterback, but Deshaun is better. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can do that in a second. Deshaun is better. There's no question. Um, Miami is already a borderline uh, playoff team. Yeah. Um, any other year, what they got ten wins this year? That that yes. that'd be enough to that'd be enough to get to the playoffs. So I mean, they're right there. And if they have Deshaun Watson, yeah, there's no question they they'll be competing with the Bills for a long time for uh, for the East. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that should be putting together proposals for for Deshaun Watson. I'm gonna end it out and just say, I think that he ends up in San Francisco, and I think San Francisco gets to the Super Bowl next Ooh. year with him. Oh, okay, okay. Um, that's my that's my big bold prediction for. Uh, well, look, <laughs> for, you know, but, the middle of January. Look, San Francisco had a down year, but a lot of their players on defense were hurt. Right, yeah. the two main edge rushers were hurt. Right, wait, was it was it three D lineman? Wait, you had Bosa, you had uh, was it Solomon Thomas got hurt? Yeah, uh, and they just got rid of DeForest Buckner. They got rid of so, Buckner. There's another player. Uh, that got Armstead hurt. was was fine, but I mean they they were missing players all over. Yeah, uh, George Kittle missed a good chunk of the year. Yeah, Ayuk missed a you know a chunk of the year. Like they they had injuries everywhere. Garoppolo yeah, missed a good a good number of games. Yeah, so just them getting healthy, they're gonna be a better team. But if they upgraded Deshaun Watson. Plus, you know mm-hmm. whatever they draft, you know whatever other moves they make. Uh, yeah, they can really come up big next next year. Yeah. So, but all right, yeah. So we'll finish it up there. Yeah, man. Uh, we missed a couple of weeks for the holidays. So this is this our first. This is our first podcast of 2021. So, yes. So, happy new year. Okay, happy so new year. A little late, but but happy new year. We're gonna be more consistent going forward. You're gonna some of these podcasts you're gonna hear. They're gonna be um, sort of like a replay of our live show that we do on Wednesdays on YouTube. We, we, you know, if you're on YouTube, check us out every Wednesday at seven o'clock. We're, we'll be covering everything, right? Not just uh, football. But right now, since the playoffs are going on, we're going to be covering mainly football. Yeah. Um, is there anything else am I missing? No. No. Yeah. Um, Let them know about the Patreon. Yeah. You know, we got our, we got our new Patreon. If you listen, if you listen all the way to the end of the podcast, we're gonna uh, advertise the anchor. We should probably change that too, to be honest. <laughs> now I think about it. But uh, you listen all the way to the end of the podcast, you'll hear us promote our, our support on um, Anchor. You know, go to anchor.fm slash lbht slash support, right? And, you know, feel free to still donate there. But our new thing is, is patreon.com, right? Go to patreon.com slash lbht show. And we have a $3 tier over there. And we're, we're going to be starting a $10 tier pretty soon. Now, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to have little perks for different tiers. And if you are uh, supporting on Anchor, you know, we haven't forgotten about you guys either. We'll have something uh, special for you guys as well. Mm-hmm. So... But all right, we'll leave it there. And uh, you got anything else, B? Nope, that's it. All right, y'all. We will see you next time. Peace out. Lunch breakers and takers. If you like what you hear, you can go to anchor.fm slash LBHT slash support and support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. You can also support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to check out our website at www.lbhtshow.com. And make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at LBHT Show. And thanks for spending your lunch break with us. We'll see you next time.